Well, buzz, buzz, babies, and happy Halloween. The spooky season is at an end, or, well, maybe, but, you know, it's always spooky if you believe. This is the 50th episode of Blake's Buzz. That is crazy. Landing on Halloween, one of my favorite times of the year. I am so excited because I've got an incredibly spooky adventure for all of you. Uh, Whether you're listening to it in the morning or the evening, you're going to have a great time. I went to Razorback Holler and and set a spell and meditated and put together a pumpkin council of councils for this wonderful interview that we're doing today. To begin with, uh, my my first pumpkin cohort, um, Mr. Derek Weifert, who is who's a recent uh, comic book writer. We can call him that now uh, because he's got what makes a man on on digital shelves right now. Uh, Derek, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. I thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I promise I'm paying attention. I'm watching a baby. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it, it's funny how this all started. This this initially started with Derek and I. We're gonna watch the Pumpkinhead movies and read the Pumpkinhead comic, and and then uh, do just joke around about the movies. And then uh, and then my next my next Pumpkin Councilman. Um, who needs no introduction, but we'll get one anyway. Mr. J.M. Brandt, who's uh, co-author of The Amazing Swamp Dogs from, from Scout Comics, is here. Uh, again, crazy enough to come back on the show a second time. Uh, J.M., how you doing today, bud? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Starting the day on the right foot. Yeah, we're starting. We're, we're, we're drinking. We're chatting. We're talking comics. Not that you should drink in the morning, but it's Saturday. What the fuck else are you going to do? It's fine. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so this is my pumpkin council is here to help talk uh, to me about one of the most prolific, hardworking writers in comic books. I feel like this guy puts out about 30 books a month. I I'm, I may be wrong on that count, but it's got to be somewhere close. And he just lives and breathes horror coming from you from spring f- coming from not coming from you He's coming. He's, <laughs> he is in one place coming from Springfield, Missouri. Mr. Cullen Bunn is in the house on Blake's Buzz. Cullen, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing all right. I think you guys may be doing a little better than I am. You all seem more excited than, than I feel. So uh, I, not that I'm not excited to be here. You just you just the energy seems very high <laughs> we'll, we'll I, get I, you there yeah i'm i'm known for I, i'm known for being too much uh but that, that's that's my that, that that's my blake's buzz deal i i love comics uh i love i love storytelling i love getting to talk to talented people and um this podcast journey has led me into some really awesome conversations and um and yeah and this year I, this year i did it smarter like uh, you know last year i tried to put a halloween episode together like a couple weeks into october this year i learned like hey people are busy you should reach out beforehand and like get the ball rolling and stuff so again i'm just uh like thank you guys thank all of you for for making um my my 50th episode extremely special uh, on top of just being like a, a pretty you know early landmark podcast you know number 50s or 50s a good number i'm gonna you know hopefully i got 50 more in me i, I plan on it anyway i don't know what else i got bought an expensive microphone i feel like i gotta keep talking into it right like that's that's the jam uh and then we may have one more special guest coming later um and and uh we'll 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 sneak him in and, and bring him in but but for now like the the pumpkin council is ready 
to talk all things Cullen Bunn. And I, I want to just kick it off the bat uh, because you had a pretty, uh, pretty awesome last few weeks. Uh, we, we got the, um, the announcement. Well, first of all, you wrapped up uh, Basilisk with Boom. Like you, you wrapped yes. up a solid run there. Uh, you wrapped up last book you'll ever read from Vault. Everybody dug that. And, and had, I, I bought the nudie covers because I'm a sick little puppy. And I was uh, those, they're, those Vault black bag variants, man. They're awesome. Uh, and, then you had a huge announcement that you are teaming up with Source Point Press with Hustle and Heart Films, which is your your brand, your uh, your imprint, kind of right. And you're teaming up with Source Point Press for for uh, you know three three projects or four at, three, at least right? three at least, at least three. three. Okay, yeah. and and the first one coming out is Nightwalkers, which anybody lucky enough, um, well not anybody, the hundred people that were lucky enough to get out to nycc and pick up that awesome ash can with the the throwback cover of swamp things first appearance which is just, it's it's so oh it's such a great cover um yeah. but they so they got they got to check that out and were did you were you at nycc too or did you i was not you did, you were, was okay not, yeah not this year it just uh just wasn't in the cards yeah well they at least they got they got a signed copy if they were out there so that yeah, your your that. spirit your spooky yeah. spirit was out there in full stride that's right but, source, source point <laughs> sent them to me in advance and i signed them all so that uh they could have them there with some some autographs yeah so uh, and yeah and that awesome cover is just uh it's amazing yeah it's so really good cool. You know what else is really good and amazing is that whole first issue that we all were lucky enough to read because uh, Source Point sent it to us. And it's fucking creepy, man. Uh, Joe Bacardo's art. And, and this, you guys did the uh, Aftershock book, the, the pirate book together, right, uh, previously? No, that was Sammy Cavella did. That was, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you're thinking, yeah, I guess you're thinking of uh, The Heathens. And yeah, that was the uh, heathens. That, yeah, yeah, with Sandy Cavella. Okay, uh, also an an awesome artist. But yeah, Joe, this uh, this is the first thing I've done with Joe. Okay, so all right, so the, and then are you guys are you gonna stay or, or like for the new projects and stuff on the new imprint? Are you gonna bring in new artists and stuff, or or is, are you gonna keep it tied to like you guys? How's that gonna work? So it's gonna be different. Um, you know, the, the other one we're we're working on is a different artist uh, that hasn't been announced yet, and then uh, and then you know. My plan for Nightwalkers is a little bit longer, and I'd like to keep Joe involved in it as long as we can. So we're, we've got more Nightwalkers, you know, coming down the down the line. Awesome. And, and then, yeah, you know, I'd love to work with Joe again, though, on some other things. So that, I think that's that's a safe bet that we'll be working with Joe. But uh, you know, Hustle and Heart is a production company that I started with my friend Heath Amodio. And uh, he's involved in writing some of the stuff, uh, and I'm involved in writing some of it, and we're co-writing some of it. So at least right now, down the line, it could we, you know, it could be other writers coming in. Uh, you'll definitely see other artists uh, working on it. I was wondering if you were going to do that, if if you were going to turn it into like a like an imprint at Source Point, like how how Scout has. Um, um, there uh jm what's uh, i can't think of the name uh you're you're <laughs> uh, part of it black caravan black caravan yeah so like yeah. I, I was wondering if like if you were gonna like have this like horrific imprint at source point but it's it's not all horror either right because like the uh the, you're going like action adventure and then also like a fan the the one you haven't hasn't been announced yet is like a fantasy title yeah there's, there's a fantasy i mean everything is i'd say dark fantasy for sure 
But okay. yeah, you know, there's it's a it's a mix. It could be it could it could go into a number of different directions. I think most of the ones I'm heavily involved in are going to be the horror books. Nice. But uh, but yeah, it, it can go in in a lot of different directions. What we're doing? Why why Source Point? Because I feel I mean you've got you've got a lot of relationships with uh, with other and I love Source Point. So like I'm not I just I'm kind of like. How did how did that deal you know be like get you know signed in blood or whatever? Because you I feel like you have a pretty good relationship with other indie titles and and you have strong titles throughout uh, so many so many indie publishers and stuff and you you even you still crowdfund uh, every every now and then too. So like how did the how did you and SourcePoint come together? You know it was one of those things we we started taking ideas out to publishers. I mean, over, I mean, well over a year ago, we started taking some, some ideas of things we wanted to do. And, uh, and we had a lot of conversations, a lot of publishers were interested in it. Uh, it's just all came down to, uh, <clears throat> all came down to sort of the, their schedule in terms of when the books could come out, because the publishing schedule can be very, uh, you know, very tight. You know, you, you, we didn't want to look at, you know, some of these publishers are looking are, are filling their schedule in 2024 and 2025 so we were looking at where the publishers had what the publishers had appetite for we wanted to 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 look at their excitement for the project um source point also has some great uh great avenues in terms of the things they do with board games and stuff like that there's just a there was just a lot of opportunity we saw there and a lot of of synergy and they're not the only publisher we'll work with i mean we're not exclusive with them but but for this initial one what they were the the right the right publisher to to work with and my hope is we'll continue to do stuff with them for a long time to come very cool is is the so i know recently the Harrow, the Harrow County board game's not with them, right? Because that 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 no. one that just hit Kickstarter. Okay, yeah. that's what so, I thought. Yeah. The, the Harrow County board game is with Off the Page Games. They're they're a strictly a board game company. Uh, they're doing. Uh, they did Matt Kent's Mind Management, and now Harrow County's oh. their second their second project. Which is I I remember that Kickstarter the the extra editions and the the different um, oh the 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 higher tier. Editions um, okay. you could get with like the the better the, the, the nicer pieces and like the wood carved pieces and stuff. I, I love Harrow County too, by the like it's so great. I love the the art and it's just like witchcraft really in, intrigues me, right? And it's you know, I was raised I was raised Catholic and stuff, you know. So like when I remember like when Harry Potter came out and and the church was scared of magic and like banned it at school and since like ever since then like magic just feels different to me. Uh, and it's and it's very intriguing and and then you know when when you learn more you about anything it, that the church the church bans. That's, yeah, that's yeah. If the Catholic Church says no, like uh, yes, I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> If they're saying no, then it's a it's a party that that you right. probably learn about. <laughs> but but as I, as I mentioned, um, and and again, I'm so excited for your partnership with SourcePoint just because they've as as press they've always treated me, uh, you know, very well, and and they seem like really good people. And I yeah. love how it started with like nine people making comics in a garage, almost like you know, it's, it's yeah. such a very small, tight family of a company, uh, which is so like punk rock and awesome. And and now they're you know they're starting to get bigger. They're putting out these great titles working with great talent obviously yeah, like sure. we're talking about but nightwalkers now this is this is a it was a short story that you've kind of evolved into something else is that there was a there was a short story that was uh, originally written and uh it was brought to us by a 
by one of our partners, one of the the, the, the folks we work with in Hollywood uh, brought us brought it to us, and um, and we started. And the short story is fine, and I don't want to, you know, it's a good short story, but they felt like it needed to really be expanded. You know, that the, 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 it was just a short story. And, uh, and they really wanted to expand it into uh, a world. And one of the things for me, I was interested in doing it, but I, I needed them to make sure that if I was given this story, you know, um, if I was given this story, it had to be it had to be my, uh, you know, my take on it. So uh, the story was written by Tara Devlin. Sorry, I should have said that right off the bat. Um, but I, I said, I want to treat it like a creator own book. So it was inspired by an initial short story, but I think what I did is, look, you know how, you know how creators always complain about Hollywood takes their stuff and turns it into something completely different. Tara yeah. might be able to complain about that a little bit. <laughs> this is uh, you know, my big, you know, it was a, I don't think it spoils anything to say it was a vampire apocalypse short story. Okay. And there, but there was just a little bit to it that, that kind of set it apart. And, and I really wanted to do, if I said, if I was going to do a vampire story, it has to be a scary vampire story. It has to be different from what you've seen, right? And what you're used to with vampires. Uh, and I really wanted these creatures to be something you haven't seen before. Uh, so, you know, I, I layered in different, you know, different types of vampires and different, you know, sort of a different mythology and different abilities. And uh, these are not, these are not pretty vampires. No. In Nightwalkers, they are not, they are not, uh, they are not attractive crossing <laughs> over time types of, uh, types of vampires. So yeah, I took it and I really wanted to to approach it as a creator own story and make it my own. And we got our, ble- we got Tara's blessing to do that. And then we just ran with it. And, you know, now it's going to turn into this, if I have my druthers, it's going to turn into this really epic, this epic vampire, apo- you know, apocalyptic vampire, vampire story. I that sounds super exciting to me, just because, um, yeah, like yeah, it, it it is not like any other vampire. These things are fast and mean and full of teeth. Um, you know, these these there's no there's no Brad Pitt's and Tom Cruise's with long flowing hair. They're a little uh, yeah. they're a little dumb though. When I really think about it, for bloodsuckers, they certainly spill a lot of blood. Um, <laughs> they, they waste a lot of food. These these uh, night walkers. That is true. They they are sloppy. They're sloppy eaters and very inconsiderate. And yeah, you know, li- listeners like the one of the other cool things about this story is is the setting, right? It's it's this like. It, it, it's it's an almost a, like a fancy asylum and uh you know the 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 patients get put to bed early and then they they wake up the next day and the the premise of like the 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 inmates are running the asylum well that starts to happen amidst this monster vampire apocalypse so there's there's yeah. a lot of moving parts um that are just really engaging and and help to build the tension and, and like what a great premiere issue like yeah, it's I, I, it's so good i really I'm, I'm pretty happy with it and like i said it, yeah it's a uh, the setting of the initial issue is this uh it's a rehab center so it's 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 sort of a secluded 
rehab center for well-to-do patients. And yeah, as you said, the, the staff, one night the staff's looking at their phone saying, oh, these are some interesting news stories. <laughs> and they say, let's put everybody to bed. And then the staff's gone. They're like, see ya, you, you take care of business on your own. We're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would either. I, I would think I would be that asshole who, who booked it. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe like we find out later, there's like a week, there's several weeks supplies of food and it's like, well, it, it's 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 safe until someone picks up a chair and makes a mess. But you know, right. like it, it starts safe. Um, Pumpkin Council, what 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 did you guys think about this? I know I know you guys got to read it too. Like I'm really fucking pumped for like this. And it's if he's like if he's gonna continue it into like you know beyond a mini series, maybe a maxi series, maybe ongoing or something. Like, did you guys dig it too? Like, oh for sure. Um, yeah, I it, not not just because he's on the show with me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 not. I'm not gonna i'm not gonna this this isn't uh just uh, placating and sticking my tongue up someone's butt uh for for no reason i'm a huge cullen bunn fan um and and uh pretty much anything that that he's written is gold in my opinion and well, this uh, higher, that's a higher opinion of me than i hold of myself <laughs> <laughs> well i should hope so i mean we as writers we can't think well of ourselves because that spells death uh we 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 have to uh rely on the blood soul and tears of fans and fellow writers right uh, so yeah, Night Nightwalkers was uh, it was fun. It, you know, I I can't wait to see where it goes. There's there's like shades of the strain in there. Uh, yeah. You know, like like Colin was saying, it's it's not your typical vampire, and and I think that that is uh, you know, something that that is lacking in the genre, and it's the reason that publishers don't want to touch vampire stories with the ten foot pole. You know, everybody's trying to tell the same story, and and there's so much more to it. I mean, when you get right down to it, the idea of something subsisting on the very fuel that, you know, allows us to live is one of the most terrifying things there is, period. Yeah. And the challenge of it is doing something different. And you're absolutely right. There are shades of the strain. I can see it. And I wear, you know, I'm a guy, I think people who read my stuff know that I wear my inspirations on my sleeve. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I love it. (laughs) You know, um, but it's, you know, it was definitely me trying to, you know, I'm trying to to do something different um, in that genre. And yeah, the, what you just mentioned, this, these creatures that are addicted to, to, you know, our lifeblood. And one of the things I really like about this take on it is the main character, Saren, is a recovering addict. And there's a, there's a lot of interesting connective tissue between her addiction and these creatures addiction and how, you know, how that shapes her life. She's, uh, you know, she's not who you would necessarily consider as this heroic figure, really. And she kind of right. gets thrown into that uh, as the story progresses. You see, she gets thrown more and more into that uh, into that role. But I love how you write her, by the way. You were well for her, by the way. Things that is, <laughs> I mean, Spoiler alert. Yeah, I was just t- I was talking to someone yesterday and about Harrow County and they said, who's your favorite character in Harrow County? And I said, who do I who do you think I treat the worst? And they, they said, well, there you go. I always treat my character, my favorite character, as the absolute worst. I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible person that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of like a, a the horror writer's nepotism, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. Just, that's, <laughs> I, I need to write that down because it's a great philosophy of it. <laughs> the, the nepotism of horror writers is 
you are kind of a horrible person. To be <laughs> <laughs> we we got to put them through the gauntlet. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, like she's how she gets tossed character. into that role. Yeah. She's like, because in, in the beginning, the, you know, people are, she like doesn't go to group therapy and she's very much like, you know, fuck this place. Like I'm here because I yeah. have to be. And, and her, you know, the, the other, you know, patients kind of call her out for that. But then as soon as the shit hits the fan, uh, the other patients are like, Sarah, and what do we need to do? And, and that kind of like took me off guard. Cause I was like, I was like, wow, that's kind of like, everybody's kind of rallying around her. And then she starts to kind of step up as well too. Cause like, she's, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much about this, this great first issue, but like there, you know, there's a moment where she's like, maybe we shouldn't leave. Maybe we should stay here. Like we've got food, we've got shelter, you know? And then, and, and then it turns into, they don't really have that choice as right. the pages turn anymore. Right. Uh, and it's it, with, with the art, with, with Bacardo's art, the these monsters, these 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 monstrous vampires are just like that that smile like that we see a couple times in panel and uh and then and when the when the blood starts squirting and, and going everywhere it's it's very it gets very messy and brutal very quickly yeah. and it, it it's good it's so it, it, it just like so you're good with tension anyway but like with that art like your your ability to generate tension and the art just like you, I had to remind myself several times to like slow, like, like Blake, you're going to cover this and talk to the creator. You need to like pay more. Cause I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to keep flapping through the pages. Like I couldn't, uh, you know, it's just, it, it propels you, like throws you into the chaos. And that's one of it. We wanted it to be, it's a fast, this is a fast paced vampire story. It's not uh, you know, we're not, I'm not trying at this stage of the game. And it's important. I qualify it with that. I'm not trying at this stage of the game to tell something that's not a fast paced, brutal monster story and that's what this is now you see hints over the first four issues you see hints of something bigger and if you in the first issue it's you just see this sort of rain of blood on the first uh, first page or two uh, but that expands and you realize what that's all about and it gets into Ooh, what, you know, a bigger mythology is also at play but for this first four issues I'm telling a monster story and and I wanted it you know the vampires are jaws they're not Lestat in this <laughs> in this first four issues you're gonna need a bigger boat baby yeah <laughs> uh D derek derek what'd you think about it bud i love when vampires treat people like sloppy joes <laughs> i'm into it dude I'm fucking into it who, ne who, who needs sex appeal when all you need is a napkin yes and, and we need tons of napkins oh my god like i love i love how you mentioned especially you know like these aren't the kind of vampires that are going to be smart enough to like store humans right or like put the blood bags in the refrigerators and save them for later like these are very animalistic and and yeah just the, the way they eat and just the all the all the waste which is funny because like you know what do we do as humans like we consume and we waste so much of like the gifts that are given to us on this planet. So it's very as different as they are from, from like the, the, the monster and human, you know, uh, dichotomy. Like there's also like some, you know, bobbing and weaving and cross threading that you do uh, in the creation of yeah. all this, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's just signs of a smart, talented writer. I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned that to you before, but you know, you're, you're a smart, talented writer, sir. No one, and, and... No one that I trust has ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you, I, I'm not. I know we're not the only ones who've, who've mentioned before that you're you're a hardworking writer and and you are you put out a lot of content um, every every year. Like, 
does it ever what what drives you because you, you know you've you've found you've you've found success in the indie field you've written x-men uh we've written uncanny x-men and x-men blue and i know some people complain about that but i actually love your your marvel work like i i thought it was dope um and i but I, i'm like i'm also easy to please i'm like thirsty x i'm thirsty for x anything all the time but which and now is like there's too much now i'm like drowning trying to stay caught up with x-men anyways you've 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 had your toes in the big two waters uh you've worked at you know every every indie publisher that that everybody who's who's in indie comics would love to work at um and 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 as we mentioned before you've also you've also done some crowdfunding and so Mm -hmm. like what what keeps pushing you? Like, I mean, do you, it's I, I, like, yeah, how, do you, it's, how do you, how do you, how do you stay afloat and, or, and, and how do you, do you sleep? I, that is my, yeah. like a sub question uh, is, do you sleep? The answer to how I sleep is poorly, but uh, <laughs> the, um, the, the simple truth is, and I've said this elsewhere. Um, so anyone who's heard me talk on another interview and they've asked me this, I apologize for the repetition, but the simple truth is I live not with the suspicion, not with the fear. I live with the certainty certainty that this all goes away soon. There is no doubt, no doubt in my mind that there will come a day where I am will not be hired for work. I will not be putting work out and I will be done as a creator. I know it. So I live with that certainty and that drives me to do as much as I can in the small, limited, fleeting amount of time that I have. I don't think this is a permanent career for me. I never have. I think it will go away. And I... That's what drives me to tell these stories now. I want to tell stories. It's what oh, the only thing I really want to do. Um, and someday it'll be gone. I mean, that's I mean, that's the truth. Frankly, it's the way I feel anyone in the creative in, in the comic industry. I feel it's that's the way it goes. That's what you need to look forward to. And it, it goes away. So right now I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can while I have, you know, the opportunity because one day it may not be here. That's, I mean, that's a great not way to, to that's a great way not, to live. Not I to wish I had something stronger to drink now. <laughs> be bleak, but that is, I mean, it's just the way I feel about things. I think it will, you know, it'll go away. I had once years ago when I first started working at, at Marvel in DC, uh, another creator who I won't name by name, but uh, I admire this person a great deal, came up to me at a convention and they said, they said, hey, I just want to congratulate you on the work you're doing at Marvel in D.C. But um, I just want you to know it is going to end. And when it ends, it will end badly. And uh, it's some of the best. Uh, it was some of the b- grim. Yes. A fatalistic. Yeah. It's some of the best advice I've ever been given in the comic book industry. Wow. It is. It is. It is going to end. And when it does, it will end badly. And uh, I mean, it's it is tumultuous waters that that you all you paddle around in 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 a boat that's leaking, and and your paddles are you know have been partly eaten by termites. I feel like you know it's it it, it I love I love comic books. I love this industry. Um, and but it, I you know, and it's easy for me to say this because you know I don't run a press and I don't you know I'm you know I I I review and interview people and stuff, but like. You know, I do think the creatives need to be treated better. And I I wish there was like more job security, you know, for you guys, you know, well, that's, you know it's the nature of freelancing there. I mean, yeah. you, we signed up for this and we knew what we were getting into. 
Um, and, and that's fine. And, I, and, and don't let this don't let this sort of these last two fatalistic, horrible answers of mine <laughs> make you think I don't love what I do. I am thankful every day I get up and I get to write comic books. That's the job. When I was, you know, 14 years old, if you'd have told me, hey, one day you're going to get to write comic books, I'd have said, shut your mouth. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm thankful for this job. Uh, I feel I'm also very realistic about it. It took me a long time to break in. And during that time, I worked at corporations and I got to experience corporate life. And I know how businesses work. And comic book companies are businesses. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> That's the thing a lot of people, I I worry sometimes people don't get that part of it. They don't get that it's a business and businesses make decisions that people hate all the time. But that's the, you know, they're trying to stay afloat. Yeah. So, you know, I can, so even when I say, oh, this will end badly, you know, oh, (laughs) I got screwed over here. To some degree, I signed up for this. I knew it was coming and I'm doing okay. I'm not even, you know, the the bad stuff, good stuff. You know, I feel like I'm all right right now. Yeah. I I mean, looking at your career, I know, you know, I, I know you've gotten bad news before too, but you know, you know, as I mentioned, like, you know, with, uh, with, with Basilisk and last book you'll ever read. And then now, you know, you're, you have a, a great new book coming from vault, uh, next month, early, early November, um, door to door night by night, mm-hmm. um, which is so good. And, like I I, re, I interviewed Sally uh, a couple a couple weeks ago. Is this she great? She's amazing. I love yeah. her. She it's we had dope. such a blast talking, yeah. and we talked about like, are you afraid of the dark? And uh, like she's and yeah. um and but yeah, she was and she was also like I asked her because I was like, you know what. You know your your mainstream comic work. You know you, you like started with like I Walk with Monsters, which was like people really started you know noticing you and and seeing your work, and then like and then she went into like doing uh, Human Remains with Cornell, and now she's now she's doing Door to Door Night by Night with Cullen Bunn, and and she was like. Blake, I don't fucking know how and what I did, but she's just like, I got paired up with all these people. And she's like, she's like, I'm not going to say no when they like come to me and ask if I want to work on this. She's great because she's such a, she's such a talent Mm -hmm. and she doesn't, I don't know that she understands how talented she really is. You know, (laughs) I mean, there's the, and honestly, that's an admirable quality, I think in a lot of artists and she's, she's super talented. But I don't feel like it's gone to her head. I don't know that she realizes that she is such a talent, and uh, and she's great to work with. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, she's yeah. very good at like her uh, emoting her characters, which I think oh, yeah. is very For necessary sure. in, in horror, right? Like whether it's whether it's the occasional humor or or just to like see fear. You know, it, as an artist, like when you can showcase like real fear and dread yeah. in, in people's eyes on a page, like through your art, like not everybody can do that, you know. And when you, so when you can like make the scary without having a monster in the panel, or, you know, or, or a demon or you, you know a goblin that might also be an alien that's uh you know like what you guys are doing in in door to door night by night is so great and and i love this i love this eclectic cast that that you have built and so what she told me in in our interview she mentioned um because i i told her like when i was a kid my dad used to take me he had a pest control company and he would take me to his pest control jobs uh because like there you know he would like pick me up from school and have to do a job and and there's nowhere for me to go so he'd like and he used to like let me like walk around the buildings and spray the outside of the buildings here you go son breathe this in (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so yeah so uh and and uh and she, but she mentioned that's uh you got when you guys were talking about door-to-door night by night and the salesman and stuff um the reason why some of the humor and and characters feel so real is because you used to do that with your father he he kind of like took you around traveling on, on some on some sales gigs and stuff too right yeah so that was my dad's i mean he had a lot of different jobs but the job he had for most of you know that i remember him having for the longest time like from the time i was eight or so until whenever um he ran door-to-door sales teams so i would go with him on those and then as i got a little older i actually started doing i would knock i would go knock on doors as part of the team as when i got older but yeah i was always surrounded by uh his sales crew and my dad had a philosophy that the very best salespeople were drunks and burnouts <laughs> and, and drug addicts, quite frankly. And he would co- and what he said is um, they go out, they work all day, they make money, they can make a ton of money. The next morning they're flat broke again because they spend it all on booze, <laughs> and smoking and everything else the night before. And so they got to get back out there and work their asses off again. And that was his philosophy. And it was not unusual. Uh, door-to-door night by night starts with uh, the sales team, the, the sales manager picking up a, a hitchhiker. Mm. Uh, and that's because it was not unusual. My dad would see a hitchhiker and he'd say, oh, hitchhiker. He'd pull over, pick him up and say, hey, do you want a job knocking on doors, doing door-to-door sales? And he'd hire wow. him. Um, and he did that a lot. So this team in the book is heavily inspired by my dad's sales team. Uh, they're these folks. I knew these folks and, uh, and they were ne'er-do-wells. They were troublemakers. They were always getting into trouble, trouble. They were, they were fuck ups and they, you know, and they were good people, but, they, but they were definitely screw ups. And that's the team that, that we're, you know, we're following in door to door night by night. That is such a Midwest mentality, by the way, of, of they're like, these, they're, they're burnouts that, you know, they're druggies, smoking too much, smoking too much, drinking, you know, but they, they, they'll get up and go to work the next day. They're good people. They're, they're good, good Midwestern people. people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, uh, ex- exactly why the book uh, spoke to me, too. Uh, it, w- when I was 13, I had my first job uh, doing telemarketing. It was it was my grandfather and my great uncle's company, and it was it was a halfway house. It basically was just a halfway house. Like everybody, like you said, Colin, everybody was a burnout. Uh, we had our Jesus freak that would read the Bible silently to herself in between calls. Uh, we we had the guy that had a, a Gatorade bottle full of uh, full of chew that he'd Black spit into and yeah. walk around. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and my my cubicle was next door to a guy that referred to himself as a functioning crack addict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm I'm the world's first functioning crack addict, and he would always tell me, "Don't smoke cigarettes because I've I've quit crack multiple times, but I've never been able to quit smoking." <laughs> <laughs> and and you're right they they are they are the best salespeople. they're the ones that are hungry they're the ones that are going to get up at five in the morning and make 300 calls to uh you know towns you've never heard of and, right. and keep at it yeah it's wow. uh it's you know and and it's interesting because sally does you mentioned how she can get fear across 
Uh, but it's also it's a humor book too. There's 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 humor to this because these guys should not be facing the forces of darkness. <laughs> they, they really, they are not. This isn't like Men in Black where they're equipped with you know these laser guns and noisy crickets and all that. This is you know in fact in the first several issues there's a going they they go back and forth with each other. We don't have the gear we need for this. We are yeah. unprepared. Yeah, there's um, no Van Helsing in the group. <laughs> there is no Van Helsing in the group for sure. I do I just, like the 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 mentality though that you built around the 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 kind of basis to what this all you know once once they come across that that trauma and once they they once they see the dark side and then how you can't unsee it and you, you mentioned earlier about how like you 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 know like these fatalistic views right and and it does it doesn't you know i don't i don't think it makes you like a, a you know a, a bad person or, or too intense of a person but that is a really it, like fatalism is is very intriguing to me i love noir as well right but just the idea of like once you really confront evil you can't unsee it and you're gonna notice it like more and more and 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 be I, I just like i like made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up right it was just like in the midst of of the humor and these interesting characters and this and and sally's art right which and and the the great the the great you know uh colors uh from from d and like everything's just like bright and interesting and but that idea like really it kind of rattled me and it and i thought about it and i was like I was like, man, that is, it's so true though. And, and, and yeah. so how do you, how do you balance like humor and horror uh, with, with that, with that overarching, with the, like the overarching grasp of like fatalism, like slowly gripping everybody's necks and, and you can still make us like chuckle every now and then. Like, how does that work? Well, it's uh to me, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of playing the the horror elements pure and not trying to make the horror the horror side of it funny. I, one of the things I I do not like funny monsters. I don't love I don't love you know monsters being you know telling jokes and being goofy and all that. <laughs> I want my monsters to be monsters. And so the humor comes from the characters and their reaction to it. Um, but, you know, make no mistake, there's things that happen to these characters as they go along. First of all, no one is safe in this series. Second of all, there are things that happen to these characters along the way that you realize they're, you know, yes, they're jokesters and they're, you know, they're, they're huckleberries and, and they're, you know, they're, they're kind of dumb and, and fun. There's, they're all broken in some way mm-hmm. and they're going to get more broken as the story goes along. And, and yeah, take the supernatural out of it. It's about trauma. I mean, this once you see the monster, you'll see monsters everywhere. That's the supernatural side of it. But it's also about once you go through something awful, you are not the same person after that. Mm-hmm. You can recover from it. You can move forward. You can carry on. But those scars stay. And that's really what that whole bit is about it's you know it's easy to say once you see a monster you'll see it everywhere (laughs) haha and if that's all you want out of the book enjoy it's awesome but this book's about these people have all experienced trauma and uh and that's what it is it's about how the things that happen to you shape your life your life life and then how you can carry forward how you move on how you become you know how do you you know you keep going and and recover from that yeah, I, I I love how you uh, bring that into the book with these flashbacks, uh, like wordless flashbacks, where where we see hints of 
uh, their troubled past and everything. And, and, and it's like trauma is this itchy sweater that makes you uncomfortably warm everywhere that you can't take off. Right. And uh, yeah, it's it's I, I can't wait to see where it goes because it is a fun book. But then also you you have these characters with the depth of they've already experienced what probably for them is their lowest point. And, right. and you're throwing them into these horrific situations, which are, you know, going to be low points in, in their own way. But also they're fighting fucking monsters, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not getting booted for being a drug addict at a school or something like that. Right. And and like I said, balancing the horror and the humor again, it just I, I always think back. One of my favorite movies, especially this time of year, is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's such a great movie for Halloween time. And Abbott and Costello were hilarious. But the thing about that movie, and I think it's a fun, funny movie. The monsters never crack a joke. Those monsters are monsters. They are played just the way they were played in every Universal Horror movie that they were in. It was Abbott and Costello that come in, and they're the ones who are telling jokes and reacting. But those monsters never once break character. And, and I, I think that's, a, that's sort of been a guiding principle for me in in horror horror comedy as a whole that's it's one of the things i really like that's all i i had i I felt the same way so like a lot of people have different views of flashbacks right especially in comics um either well in 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 prose and too in general like you know the 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 flashback mentality you know like some people call it like weak writing i don't believe in that but because i think it's a lot of times it's necessary but it's it, it was funny because not only did you make you make me want more flashbacks as great as the now is and and door to door night by night like i with these with these little scenes with these these you know tiny little silent you know panels uh, yeah. that we get glimpses of each character like all oh, i i want so much more i want to see and and you and then and then you feel guilty as an audience member too right because you're like i'm rooting for these people but oh my god i, I also want to know their trauma like i want to know what broke them i want to know like what this is about and you make us like hungry for that on top of like the craziness of it you know like we we got to read the first three issues and so like i don't want to spoil anything but it, in the next the next issues there's like a structure and they go into this this yeah. structure and all this crazy shit starts happening and sally just gets to go wild with art right and 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 there's like some hallucinations and uh you know i i like how you kind of do this like unreliable narrator uh motif in in the in the the in the second and third issue with and and you and sally are able to like combine forces to build a different kind of unreliable narrator uh and so that's like that was just really cool and one of the funniest parts of of the this to me was when they are in this like totally like alien frightening confusing environment and and they what do they do they use what they know um fucking like cal starts putting the red stickers uh like around the wall so they can like find their way back and then uh and then fred like tries to tries to talk to the creatures as though he were like knocking on their door and he's like look we're just here to kind of like it was like it was so great and like such it was so pure and like again like so many great things are happening in this comic book and i'm so excited i'm so excited vault made it an ongoing i think that was a a really smart move from from them because like, you know, after reading three issues, if it was going to be six, I would like, 
<laughs> there's so there, there's so much more you can do if it was going to be yeah. 12 even there's still there's like you could take this to so many different places and it, you travel with these characters and and bring in and uh, bring in another hitchhiker or, or you know obviously people are going to die he's mentioned no one is safe. <laughs> but it's just it's so cool and and like i was i was so happy i was so happy for both of you when they when they brought that on to uh uh, as as an ongoing and I'm, I'm sure like you know you were like yes i also like work blake and i get pay, paychecks yeah. and things are nice and so yeah the ongoing is cool for for many reasons but i i feel like you're building a really cool mythos around these characters around this you know door-to-door mentality and like we mentioned earlier like these aren't the people these aren't monster hunters right yeah. these these aren't people that you ex- expect or necessarily want to come in and save your small town, but they're yeah. going to try. And yeah. I like that. It's so cool. And, and it's a, you know, I'm trying not to do monsters that you've seen. I'm, I'm these aren't there. They're, there will never be a werewolf or a vampire in door to door night by night. That's not what this book's about. It's a, these monsters are very different takes on monsters. I, I hope knock on wood, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, hopefully everybody sees that these monsters are different and uh, it's a, it's a weirder world out there. I, I, you do, you do weird very well. Uh, and, and it, and you keep it, you keep it like fresh, uh, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, the, if you're going to write a vampire novel or a vampire, well, a novel, short story, yeah. comic, you know, you got to do something different. If you're going to write a zombie story, you got to do something different, which is what JM did with, with Swamp Dogs. Part of it was the setting. Part of it was the sexiness of like the, the human characters. Um, JM did a lot of similarities with that, with, with Swamp Dogs from Scout. And I think that's why, and, and it, it's doing well. And like, people want more of that as well. Uh, so the, the two of you are, are really able to kind of like really put a good um like interpersonal spin on these narratives to make them them stand out which is which is no easy task i i, I can imagine like uh but you know it, even as we you know part of part of what we came here to talk about today was was the Pumpkinhead saga and even when you wrote Pumpkinhead, you put a huge spin on that that like like, like I was not, I was not expecting the, what, what happened in the Pumpkinhead graphic novel with like the, uh, with the, the seven deadly sins and the, and the, and the, the seven and the, and the sisters, you know, like we, we right. like, like, first of all, like multiple haggises is just like, does the world really need that alone? Yeah. But <laughs> Yes, the world needs more haggises. <laughs> we well, were we were talking about the that ones earlier. Protecting, right? Well, yeah, and that's what like the idea of them protecting stuff is just, uh, you know, is is crazy. But you know, like just the the fact of like how in each of these movies these characters come to this turning point of like, oh, this is what I have to do. I have to like go deep into the woods and find this creepy ass witch lady, and and give her my blood and offer her like a sacrifice part of my soul and and you know like just like what part of your life led you to the i get like someone died and now you're sad with like that happens to everybody but like these, it's like these, it's like when like wild animals like go out into the woods to die but instead <laughs> we, we we're going out to the woods and we're gonna sell our souls <laughs> look when billy harley dies in that first pumpkin head movie it's one of the most awful things i've ever seen happen i hated it and uh lance henriksen's face right after yeah, that yeah. happened is such a great portrayal of rage and sorrow yeah uh, i look i i was with him 
go go get your revenge ed harley get your revenge <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean you're you're a father too cullen like i i i think in in my darkest moments you know i have this this riff that goes on in my head like if something should happen to my little dude uh i would murder god and yeah, it's no, and it's, it's sort of that righteous it I, I mean that's the thing about vengeance and what you're talking about with the the sins is vengeance is like the only sin that is done in righteousness like you feel you feel as though you're justified in doing it you know you, you can't really blame uh righteousness for greed or lust or gluttony or anything like that and and so we think that we're in the right when when we we crave vengeance and we're willing to give up whatever it takes yeah i mean it's a i feel like ed harley that he i talk about making the characters i mean i believed it i was like yep i get it i get what you're doing i understand <laughs> i mean you might be going about it the wrong way selling your soul summoning demons i don't know but I mean, what else are you going to do? I'm I, If I were Ed Harley, I'd be getting my vengeance somehow. You know? mm-hmm. so, Especially you know, the heartbreak of that, too, because you don't you. I didn't think that he was going to die initially. Right. Like it, right. You, I thought thought he had a concussion. You know, yeah. he's, he's hurt. You know, he's and then and then all of a sudden he like doesn't wake up. And I was like, oh, shit. And, and yeah, he's Lance is so like as cheesy as some of the elements of that movie are like the Lance like sells it. And I love how like over the, in all the movies, how over the top, like everybody is, it's, it just kind of like, it, it, it was a very inter- another interesting way to like build tension. Cause it, it's just like, it's like, okay, like I get it, but like, it, it's like, it, I just kind of like wanted to see the director directing these movies. Like, okay, like do that line again, but scream it. And like, open your <laughs> eyes too wide, and like, and before you say this line, hold your breath for sixty seconds so your face is really red and you look stressed out. You know, like I just like, I wanted to see like what he put these actors through to kind of get them into these like weird like areas they are when they they deliver these performances. And and yeah. so yeah, and I rem- so I remember my so you know we're we're both we're we're both Missouri boys, Colin. So like my aunt and uncle used to have this place in Cleveland, Missouri. They had a lot of land and they had a big giant water tower in their mm-hmm. backyard. And at night it looked like really, as a kid, like I just always thought it was scary because it was just like, it towered over you and it was so tall. And I would always be like, what if it fell? What if it leaked? Like, what if, you know, it was just like, it looked kind of creepy at night. And they back when like satellites first came out, they got this huge, like CIA gigantic satellite that would like rotate and pick up a million channels. Oh, yeah. And so one night I, I spent the night out there when my, my parents were going out doing something and, you know, they were like, here's the, here's the remote, watch whatever you want. And, uh, and so I, this is how I stumbled across Pumpkinhead. And I was, I'm, I stumbled across Pumpkinhead and, uh, and I was like, Oh, I, I like horror movies, you know, Dude, that movie scared the absolute shit out of me as a child I watched it at night. And then like, I remember like looking out the window and like seeing this giant water tower and there's all this <laughs> land everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, like he's, he's gotta be. And I don't know why I, I equated to like all the stuff you see in Pumpkinhead. He's there's no water tower, but he, I guess he is on. The, he comes from the he comes from the elevated platform, right? So like, but I just like as a kid, I was like, he's he's up there, you know. And he's as soon as I go to sleep, he's gonna fucking climb down. He's gonna claw me. And he's gonna get me. And like, and so it just like it terrified me. And it was very funny watching it again because I haven't watched it in a really long time. And and so you know we we all watched these movies and. 
you know, I was like, wasn't as scary, but like, I was still like, okay, like it, it kind of brought back those like childhood chills, you know, and then, and then watching the second and then ashes to ashes and then blood feud. And then I was like, what the fuck happened to this movie? <laughs> like, yeah, they just like those, like those sci-fi originals, they very much turned like Pumpkinhead into like Sharknado. I felt like, and, and the only, the, the best parts about the sci-fi originals was bringing back Lance Henriksen. But even, even like when he comes back, like he's still like, all this all this like bad acting is happening in in the movie stuff and then like lance like pops up as a spirit and he's like it is how it is like you know <laughs> everybody's traumas everybody's trauma and this is this is what we do as humans and, and he's like he's, he's like very like you know preaching to these people in in these almost like comical ways and uh it was it was really over the top in, in blood feud which almost ended up being we were talking about this in the green room like if if blood feud had better actors and a better budget and wasn't like on sci-fi that almost <laughs> could have been the best Pumpkinhead movie like they're the feuding families and and like the power of love and like all you know, love is what made this kid like you know go and go find haggis in the woods and and you know sell his soul and uh, like there's like there was a lot of really great things about it it just didn't get delivered well like at, at all right but that uh ashes to ashes was garbage though and and i feel <laughs> i feel really bad for making like jm and, and and derek watch that <laughs> hey I, you know what i'm i'm watching bad movies this month anyways so <laughs> all of the pumpkin head movies we did yeah. all of them how it started was it was just going to be uh like derek used to have an indie podcast and uh derek just had a kid uh, i think i think one of his other co-hosts also had a kid or got married and and so like Derek was missing podcasting. I um, I stumbled across your um, or, or somehow we were talking about Pumpkinhead online. You said, you said some shit. You was gonna watch Pumpkinhead, and I was just like, "Yes, I love him." Yeah, and then I was I DM'd him. I was like, "I was like, dude, you want to like watch all these like?" Because I like a lot of people did not know that there were four Pumpkinhead movies. I was like, "Oh, I thought there was one," and then I was like, "Oh, there's a sequel," and then oh, sci-fi. Did, I was like, "There's four of these fucking things," and See? then and then I was like, "Oh, and then there's a comic book," and then I look up the comic book and i'm like fucking colin bunn wrote the comic book and i was like i was like we got i gotta check all this out and so we started talking about it and so derek and i were just gonna bullshit about Pumpkinhead, and then jm popped in and he was like hey man like uh if you want a spooky season guest you know like he was like i'd love to come back on the show and i was like i was like man we're kind of talking we were this Pumpkinhead deal and he was like i was like done i love the first Pumpkinhead." and i was like cool well like we're gonna watch all of them and and he was like all right little did i know <laughs> yeah little <laughs> so like man, that was a bargain you should not have struck sir <laughs> oh no 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 I'll, I'll sell my soul for b movies any day <laughs> blood, blood feud was one of my first like i seen the first original one and i never saw two or three and then I saw Blood Feud when it came out on sci-fi with my dad. And like mm. I'm a West Virginia native. So the whole Hatfield and McCoy thing, it was just like, why couldn't this be the true story? Fuck that pig. You know? <laughs> like, damn. I'm into. It. And then she rolls down the hill and she smashes her face into the tree. Yeah. That was like I was I was scared to death of hills for like <laughs> a while. <laughs> Do you have to read? Not vengeance demons, but steep inclines. We have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the real, the real that's, fear. That's the real horror. Yeah. Like the fragility of the human ankles. Into a fucking tree, and then before you know it, like the tree looks like Leatherface. Like your <laughs> your face is gone. Yeah, pulling yeah. a sunny bono, right? Did did you have to watch all of them before you wrote the book, Colin? No, no, <laughs> no. no. 
I have watched them all. Uh huh. It has been, I, you know, the only one that I've watched multiple times is the original, mm-hmm. uh, and the others I have not, I've not watched again since they came out. I was so infuriated by Blood Wings, which oh my god, one, because <laughs> I was like, oh, Blood Wings, Pumpkinhead's gonna get wings finally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, then, what was but, that about? No, no wings. <laughs> A promise that was made to me in the title of that movie that I did not get. It, it reminds me of that, like, uh, Simpsons joke when they walk out of the theater for Naked Lunch, and he's like, I can think of two things wrong with that title. <laughs> so I was so I was so angry at Blood Wings because there were no wings on Pumpkinhead. Uh, so, no, I didn't I didn't have to watch any of it. And, and really, the comic I did is really just a sequel to the original. It, mm-hmm. the, the the others. I mean, I guess they could exist in continuity of that, but I don't I, I don't remember. The only thing I remember about the other the, the other three is that there were no wings on Pumpkinhead. That's <laughs> yeah, never. There were never any wings. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, I didn't I didn't have to watch them for that. I just just focused on the original. How does something like that happen with like a, an IP that doesn't belong to you? And like, did, did you, did, did like you pitch to Vertigo? Like, or did someone like, did someone say like, Hey, Vertigo's trying to make a pumpkin head comic. And you were like, Hey, I have this, I have this wild idea about pumpkin head and his brothers and sisters that no one ever knew about. Um, so it was Dynamite that published Dynamite. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so how that happened was I was at San Diego comic-con and, you know, around San Diego, all these announcements are getting made. You know, all the everybody's announcing some new comic they're doing. I was walk. I remember I was walking across the street and I was looking at my phone at some of the news. And before everybody gets upset, I wasn't putting my life at risk. Everybody was looking at their phone as they walked across the street and there were no cars. <laughs> um, I was looking at my phone, looking at the news. And I saw an article that came up that said Dynamite to publish Pumpkinhead Comics. And I immediately closed the news app and I opened my text messages and I text I texted uh, one of the editors at Dynamite and I said I don't know if you found your Pumpkinhead writer if you know it or not but you found your Pumpkinhead writer and it's me <laughs> and uh, and that's how it happened I mean then they they called me and they said you really want to write Pumpkinhead and I was like yeah I do <laughs> that's my you know, um, so that's that's where that came from my pitch was I'm your Pumpkinhead writer and that's what I said to him. <laughs> um, and honestly, I would I wouldn't mind having another crack at Pumpkinhead because I like that miniseries just fine. But I think there's a better Pumpkinhead story out there that I could tell. <laughs> yeah, there, there's the frustration. Um, is 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 I wrote it. And I'm like, mm, I could have done a little better. At the, <laughs> better story out there. So I want to tell my blood wings. That's the. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to add finally, some wings, finally though? put oh, some wings, no wings on this motherfucker. No wings, no <laughs> it's going to be wingless, Bill. Um, and then, yeah, and then the pitch just came from, there's a line in the first movie where Haggis says, for each a man's sins, a special demon exists. And I was like, oh, okay. That's what it's going to be about. Is the Spot on impersonation. Oh, my God. I've been impersonating Haggis for a long time. <laughs> she, is, she is so awesome. Um, so I was like, okay, so we're going to do something with all of these sins and, and make, you know, make something out of that. And then Blackie just took it and said, all right, here's what they look like. You know, I think I sent him just 
maybe the briefest of descriptions. You know, I said, we're going to use the, you know, the, the seven deadly sins and let's see what, you know, you, you know, and this will, then they'll, they'll face each other or whatever. And, uh, and he came up with these awesome, yeah. awesome, horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible versions of each of those monsters. Like I loved gluttony, like how gluttony like, big and, like just a <laughs> yeah. fleshy clusterfuck. Oh my God. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, all, all of them looked like great. Uh, you know, like, and lo- I love how even lust had like the, the sex appeal of like a very curvaceous, beautiful woman, but then like these like crab claws, like pinchers <laughs> yeah, that like came out of her like, tongue. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, fleshy clusterfuck is the name of my band. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it would have been really fun to see those like teased out too. Was that always supposed to be a mini series or always going to be just a mini series? And that's okay. one of the things I think that frustrates me a little bit is that I think we could have done a longer, you know, I think we could have done a longer pumpkin head story and would have been really cool. Yeah. Two, um, two or three issues per demon. Right. Yeah, and just right, have them like be... square off one-on-one. And in every yeah, issue been... you can make pumpkin heads head just a little bigger. Uh, as as he consumes his siblings his head gets larger (laughs) just a little bit well it it, the the miniseries kind of turned pumpkin head into a godzilla type character too it's almost like yeah that wasn't the that we didn't necessarily intend for that to be the case at the beginning but i can see Uh it now i'm like oh yeah yeah okay he's it's a monster mash godzilla pumpkin head story yeah yeah well i i mean you're like rooting for him it's like oh it's this killer monster but we don't want to see him fall to gluttony we don't want to see him fall to greed (laughs) right um yeah they were pretty open about me doing whatever i wanted with that with the with that book too i mean it was that's cool that's so cool uh, you know it was approved by the studio so they had the only thing and i don't remember why i couldn't use the poem Oh really? Mm. Yeah. So so Pumpkinhead was based on a poem, and I love that poem. Uh, it's by Ed Justin, and they wouldn't. I like I remember my original, and even I couldn't just have it at the beginning as a as that was the only big note. They're like, you got to pull the poem out. Wow. Wow. Man. Damn. Dynamite hates poetry. Heard it here, folks. Dynamite <laughs> <laughs> poem. Uh, I, I got to get rid of my T. S. Eliot pitch then. Anti <laughs> poem. And that that kind of start you you kind of uh, that kind of blossomed a relationship between uh, you and Blackie and and you guys and Dynamite because then you did you did the uh, Vampirella versus Reanimator, which was really good, and I really love the the black and white art with minimal color splash, uh, and then just like. Again, like also just like great monstering, a great spooky read. If anybody wants to look it up, you can actually, if you guys are on Comixology Unlimited, you they're on the Comixology Unlimited library. You can check out both of them. And um, and, and then you did um, uh, you did the Reanimator, the Eternal, which was still through Dynamite, but you guys it was crowdfunded. It was too, crowdfunded. Right? Yeah, it was crowdfunded, and and we're looking at the the next part of that, the next Reanimators uh, on the horizon, the next Reanimator. Um, and that wasn't, but Pumpkinhead wasn't the first thing Black and I did together. We oh, did, really? uh, we did a Voltron miniseries years. Oh ago. wow! Yeah, uh, we did a Voltron miniseries. And don't ask me what happens in it because I'll be completely honest, I don't know. <laughs> like, well, when you, when you're doing sixty five books a year, yeah. I, I figure you <laughs> forget one or two of them. I I know that uh, it's set. It's not the original Voltron team. Like, they're all dead. It's like years and years after the fall of Voltron, and a new team has to become the pilots of Voltron. And, you know, but uh, 
monster. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I can't remember everything that happens. There's a lot of monsters. Voltron fights some robies, punches mm. No poetry, though. No poems <laughs> yeah, no. at all. No, actually, it had the pumpkin head poem, weirdly enough. <laughs> that's, that's why you couldn't reuse it. They're like, you already put it in the Voltron book. <laughs> He's chopping away with the bla- blazing sword. He's like, keep away from pumpkin head. <laughs> How, how do you wind up with all the fun IPs, Colin? Like, I, I feel like I'm I'm gonna be going over like raised earth, uh, trying try to like resurrect all these IPs. Yeah, you did a cyberpunk tie-in comic too for the video game last year. And that one, that one turned out really well, and and that's what you know. Uh, I'm I'm at a point in my life where I don't. And we were talking. It's just like what we were talking about earlier. I don't necessarily feel proud of some of the books I've done. Like I look back and I'm like, ah, <laughs> my favoriteest book I ever did. Um, uh-huh. So I really only want to work on stuff now that I know I'm going to be proud of in 10 more years. I'll look back mm. and say, oh, I was really proud of that. It was, it was well done. I did a great job. Uh, so sometimes I go after it like pumpkin head. I went after, um, I heard that they were doing a pumpkin head, you know, so I just, blasted out trying to you know trying to get it um mm-hmm. sometimes i'm pitching it if i hear a publisher has uh you know has an ip i'll pitch to them and say or write to them and say hey i'd love to love to you know make some pitches on this book sometimes they come to me and say hey we've got this ip do you want to write it and those are that i mean i love getting those calls and emails because it's nice to feel wanted mm-hmm. um, but i have to always weigh am i the guy to write this you know right uh, you know, there was a time in my life, if you offer me a book, I'm writing it because, yeah. again, I know this is all going away. So I'm going to get out, get it all, get all those projects. And I was I was naive and overconfident enough to believe I was the right <laughs> guy for all of these projects. OK. And and that's the thing I have to get over. I'm not you know, there are projects that I'm not the right guy to write. There are other right. there are other creators who should have that book. And when. Totally. You know, I these days I definitely I turn down more than I ever used to because it's just I'm not the right guy. But and I'm not doing many licensed projects anymore. I mean, a few Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm doing the miniseries Bloodborne miniseries based on the Bloodborne video game because that's a book I should be writing. And in my in my heart, I'm like, I should be writing that book. I know I should. That's if ever a video game was created for me, it's, (laughs) you know, Um, and then there's, uh, you know, I'm doing, I just did the Godzilla versus uh, Mighty Morphin Power yeah. Rangers um, because I love Godzilla, you know, with a fiery passion. And I honestly believe I can tell a good Godzilla story. Um, and then, uh, and you heard it here first, I'm doing another Marvel book for next year that, uh, that I can, I will tell you no more about it, <laughs> but I'm the right, I'm the right person to do that book. Uh uh, you know so but it's always a matter of can i you know can i do it you know if if is it the right book for me and there's still plenty that i can't you know that i want to do and i i I haven't been able to crack through uh on those you know on those projects would everybody anybody calls you and you're not the right guy uh, yeah yeah i'm the right guy all right. like, I, I think I think I'm at the point in my career where I have the hubris where it's like, you, uh, you know, I might not be proud of, uh, you know, all my work, but like the, the, the goal is to make myself proud. It, uh, I, there's a writer that I, I talked to on Twitter, Matt Anderson, and his uh, Twitter bio mentions that he wrote the Littlest Pet Shop comic. 
and and the kung fu panda comic and i'm like hey you know what i don't even really know those properties but i bet i'd tell a wicked littlest pet shop story <laughs> so, Jay, do you get jealous when you hear people are right because i do i still do i hear someone's oh, yeah. writing like someone's writing a mad balls comic yeah. damn it i'm really jealous yeah. over that mad balls comic oh you know? every single time cullen and and and, and it, it it existed well before i tried breaking into comics and honestly a lot of it had to do with you <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you if, if you're writing Reanimator, it's like fuck. I should have been writing Reanimator. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a good attitude to have to some degree. I mean, as long as you don't let it turn you bitter, because oh I've dealt, yeah, no, no, I've dealt with it for years. It's I mean, and I still seriously, if someone were to offer me the Mad Balls comic, chances are I'm gonna say probably. I mean, I got a giant tub of Mad Mad Balls right, <laughs> right around the corner. I'm like I would love to write Mad Balls, but that's uh -huh. not the right book for me to write. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got a little jealous over mad balls of all <laughs> but I, do, so I, mean, I always get jealous over you know i always have these little stings of jealous every time especially if it's something i loved you know as a kid or as an adult i get these stings right. of jealousy yeah, well, it's it's comforting to hear that you're still getting them too. Oh, <laughs> that never goes away. So. Okay. Yeah, I I had a publisher I was talking to talk about an IP that they were getting a hold of, and and I did your uh, I, I did your pumpkin head pitch. I was like, yeah, you found your writer. I don't know if you found him, but you found him, <laughs> and I'm I'm still waiting to hear back. But I'm I'm looking forward to it definitely. Well, that's the way that you got to take those chances when you can that's yeah. you know you it, it, they don't always pay off but when they do you know mm -hmm. you feel good about the, you're glad you took that chance it's crazy to me that right. publishers will just announce like oh we're gonna start making pumpkin head comics and like I don't know the fuck's gonna write them or draw them. We're gonna make them. Like I always thought, like <laughs> when they announced that stuff, like they had maybe a team or like ideas or something. Lot, there's like a lot. I of mean, times, that's yeah, but yeah, but for that, that I feel like was capitalizing on the buzz of San Diego Comic Con. They mm -hmm. wanted, they wanted an announcement. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and and plus you get two press releases out of it, right? Like, right. oh, we oh, have yeah. the property, and then hey, guess who we found for the property? Right. Yeah, for I sure. <laughs> so there's they, there's a variant for um, that I noticed in in the great cover gallery, like at the end of the Pumpkinhead trade, um, and it's uh, it, it's very. Um, it's it's very like xenomorphic uh it like it, it, there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of similarities between the pumpkin head and the and the xenomorph right like they, except like he's got like the girthier he's he, he looks more like a potato <laughs> head to me than a pumpkin head but that's fine right. you know was, i get it he comes from the creepy pumpkin patch you know like i we spent like i mentioned earlier we spent time in razorback holler like i'm i'm not trying to disrespect the mythos here but like he hey. there you better, you better be careful because the poem says, laugh at him and you're undone. <laughs> I think that calling Pumpkinhead a potato head is tantamount to laughing. <laughs> so, Blake, you fucked up. I did. Yeah. I fucked, man. That was Pumpkin, 
That's all I need. The, the pumpkin head of the poem isn't a vengeance demon. He just likes getting revenge on people. He just <laughs> likes to mess you up. So careful, sir. Careful. <laughs> well, it, but their the, their their body shape and like the the shoulders and stuff. He just they they look similar to to the xenomorph. And mm -hmm. as much as I hate these questions. I had this great idea last night to ask you this to, to, to actually to post the question to the group. Um, everybody, you know, Stan Lee used to always joke about when people would come to him and be like, well, if, if the Hulk and Thor fought each other, like who would win? And Stan Lee would mm. be like, why the fuck would they fight each other? They're friends. They're both Avengers. Like <laughs> you guys just met me. This is what you want to ask me about. And, and, uh, but I was wondering like, you know, if, a, if, if a Xenomorph and, and a, and a pumpkin head, cross paths in a prairie field <laughs> yeah. a somewhere like who would who would who would win they like they're both like they're both well they Pumpkinhead gets fast later he's he's kind of like he goes from like slow and creepy and methodical to in blood feud he has like the almost predator like red vision and can like hop over trees and shit um but like you know they they both have these like stabby tails they have these wonderful claws they have these they both have real creepy mouths like very very scary mouths uh, uh, in all in entries of of the that i've seen these monsters and so like who would win? Like in a in a in a throwdown. Like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Pumpkinhead and we've got a Xenomorph, and we're gonna put them in a box and make them fight. Like who would win? I'm just kind of. I say, see two people thinking real hard about this. <laughs> <laughs> a single, a single Xenomorph. We're not yeah. talking about a hive of Xenomorph. Yeah, yeah. Just just like a a well developed like maybe like a queen. Uh, okay, a detached queen. queen from the egg sack. Like a uh, mm -hmm. ready like. Who now like fought? Who fought that, Ripley? <laughs> now you're giving. Now you're so. Uh, All kinds of criteria now. In my mind, <laughs> you know. At first, I thought you were just talking about a xenomorph, a single drone xenomorph. Pumpkinhead takes that. No hand, no yeah. problem. I mean, he's <laughs> he's gonna take him. But the queen. Now that's a different story. See, Pumpkinhead's a plotter. He's got smarts, <laughs> and he's a, he's got country smarts and country meaning. <laughs> Yes. And that puts gives him a little bit of edge. So it depends. Is he in the woods? Because that alien queen's in for some trouble down in the hollow. <laughs> Pumpkinhead <laughs> has definitely smoked the bowl out of a pop can. All right. <laughs> the xenomorph, he has the fucking vape pen. All right. Did, did Pumpkinhead somehow get summoned out of the dried pumpkin on a astronaut spaceship and the xenomorph queen is there, that might be different. But what I see mm. happening is pumpkin head and that xenomorph queen are duking it out. And all of a sudden you hear this. <laughs> and then he, the queen looks over her shoulder. There's haggis wearing a power load. <laughs> and she says, get away from him. You bitch. And then she just starts, and then it's Haggis versus the Queen. It's all out because Haggis is also country me. And that is, I mean, that just takes it to a different level. <laughs> I was going to say, it all just depends on how how close the person that summoned Pumpkinhead is. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing, right? Like the, the xenomorphs, it's not even so much that they're powerful. It's that they breed and and they infiltrate. Yeah, you're right. Pumpkinhead, he keeps getting back up unless you get the guy who uh, summoned him. Mm -hmm. It could be like Aliens versus Predator, and he, he could get Pumpkinhead could get face hugged, and and the the new the new Xenomorph Pumpkin hybrid 
that that projectiles out of his chest like we got for a moment (laughs) i just remember in aliens versus predator when we got that when we got that like alien predator hybrid and everybody was like oh my god and i like i was one of those people who was like yes and then nothing nothing ever again like they just kind of let that die in the universe. I was one of those people that said, oh, no. This is not going to go the way anyone wants. So. It seldom like, does unless dreams, you're the writer, right? Dreams will be broken. <laughs> um, well, obviously, if anyone from Dynamite is listening, they, they got a green light uh, future uh, a future voyage for, for uh, Pumpkinhead in space. They power, did it with Jason. Power loader, power loader haggis sounds awesome to me. <laughs> I would buy that action figure, right? I'm so broke, but if yeah. there was like a pre-order for Power Loader Hagris, I yeah, would pay that, I, I would pay $79.99 for it right now. <laughs> I want one of the big, I want like a sideshow Power Loader Hagris. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But you could do the payment plans if it's sideshow. This That's is, even more feeling we could do this it. Is even better. This is how I work on so many projects. These genius ideas just <laughs> keep coming. It can it can have voice talk and Colin can re- record the haggis voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. It'll 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 be the new Christmas Christmas hot hot item like a, the the, right. the tickle me elmo was back in the day. <laughs> like everybody's like, I need power loader haggis pre pre programmed with 101 sayings from Colin Bunn. Like I need tickle. <laughs> Haggis. Tickle me haggis. Oh my god. <laughs> Super gross. Oh no. She, I don't think her old fragile body could handle being tickled. Like I just feel There's like a she price was... you must pay for tickling me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She like that's has to cut, pumpkin your, has to cut your hands about. and then there's like that's oh the blood tickle. That's the next pumpkin head movie. The blood <laughs> tickle. Muting you. <laughs> I'm muting you only because I don't want to be uh, accused of taking these great ideas. <laughs> yeah, they they say like you're not supposed to like pitch your comic ideas to comic bros. <laughs> yeah, why'd you do just, that, man? Yeah, I just ruined everything. No, any anything that if if, if even if a, a Blake Morgan whisper influenced the Cullen Bunn script, I'm fine with that, and and would well, never would never seek legal action. I would just well, be from sorry. this interview. I have written down the nepotism <laughs> horror writers, fleshy clusterfuck, <laughs> and blood tickle. Man. You're the only person who's ever taken notes during oh, a fucking Blake's know, Buzz interview. Yeah. <laughs> game respects game. I'm gonna write down two. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love how the, the the spooky episode turned into just hilarious insanity, which I but I, I love that like uh, the, you know part of the part of the reasons why I love interviewing I love talking comics, but I love when I love when we go on these fucking crazy go tangents. off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, known, I, I, I love those that. hypothetical battles too. You know, <laughs> Stan Lee maybe hated them, but I I love teasing out uh, the the potentials of it, and and I want to write every single one. I want to write every single crossover. It's going on right now. Like everybody's, uh, everybody, I haven't seen it yet. So I, I have no opinion on it other than I, I want to see it the new black Adam movie. I love the rock. I, I love him. I've I, even in his, his goofy cheesy movies. I love the rock on screen. And so it's very hard for me to imagine that like this movie's going to be terrible if it has him in it. And, and all these people are, are bringing up like, uh, you know, the Dr. Strange and Dr. Fate. And, and a lot of people who don't read comics are like, well, DC's just ripping off Marvel. And it's like, well, 
I can see that you're confused in, in a legitimate way, but <laughs> if you actually like it, it were, you know, experienced the source material, you would realize that like both of these characters came from a long, long time ago. But anyway, like there's already like uh, new discourse, right? With the, the terrifying Twitter word of like who would win between like Dr. Fate and Dr. Strange and, and just like all the, like, and I'm just like, God, man, I, I wish I had that kind of time on my hands. Like uh, this, I love doing Blake's buzz and stuff, but like I'm writing reviews. I have a day job. I'd set up these interviews. I do all this. I don't have time to get on the internet and, and defend outlandish bullshit. Like I like man, these, these people are like adults with kids and stuff. And they're like, I'm going to put my son to bed. I'm going to get back on Twitter and just play into you about Dr. Strange boy. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, uh, so I've always thought they were funny and, uh, but yeah, I, again, I was like, I was like ashamed of myself. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to ask this question. And then I was like, don't, don't ask the question, Blake. And I was like, no, you, it's like, you got it. It's actually, it's, it's actually wasn't not bad. It, wasn't it, uh, in the, uh, amalgam era of comics, wasn't it Dr. Strange fate is mm-hmm. the merger of Dr. It, it sure was. Oh, really? And oh, yeah. Professor X under the helmet. He takes the helmet off and it's Professor X. Ooh, I'm you know what? Sure. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, boom. Incepted. Wins it all. There you go. That's, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna have to Google. So already you've like sent me down like a rabbit hole because like I definitely <laughs> got to look up Voltron, uh, the Voltron comic you guys did because you and you and Blackie together I think are, are a great team. And also I've never seen the original Reanimator movie, and so like what? now Whoa, I know, I know, I know. Fuck off your it's, own podcast. It's, it's embarrassing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so I was I was when I saw the comic, um, I was like, isn't that a movie? And I looked up the movie, and it's got like a Rotten Tomato score of like ninety six and i was like oh how have i not fucking seen this and so then like yeah so after reading like his his romp with like vampirella and and then seeing like how you guys like continued to do that after that miniseries i was like man i gotta i gotta check that out so yeah that's i i do plan yeah, you, to you do that watch, you should watch the reanimator movies i think yeah all- oh is there is there a lot yeah uh, there's three of them right there's three now is it is this gonna be like pumpkinhead is it gonna be like one good one and just two no, piles no, of garbage they're all solid they're pretty, Ooh, they're pretty consistent. That's awesome. Yeah. Number one's the gem and two and yeah. three are worthy. Yeah, they're good. But the first one you, is a, is like must see horror, horror movie. It's like on the, it's like on the Mount Rushmore of horrors, you know, but, uh, uh, the, the second two are pretty, they get, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a, deg- a degradation over the three <laughs> of them, but they're all pretty fun it's 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 like multiplicity right like the copy right. of the copy it's always a little <laughs> off uh but yeah no it's but it's the good. dumb one oh. can fuck right so the oh, yeah, yeah. Not- exactly <laughs> oh, it, it, all three of those movies fuck that's that's for certain <laughs> If I'm ever on another interview when someone brings up multiplicity, I may, <laughs> I may have to just walk at that point. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just love the idea of photocopying a clone, like cloning a clone until, until they're just an abomination so push, push. of what they were. Yeah, exactly. Mashed potato brain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the most interesting idea of that movie. I feel like, but oh yeah, a hundred percent. That that has horror written on all over it doesn't it right. yeah yeah that that movie could have gone like crazy like because that could have turned <laughs> into like the cannibal dad eats his children uh because he's like got a reptile brain right like that's 
there, there, yeah. if anybody wants to take that idea and run with it we got we got two talented horror writers too, in, too, in the late. <laughs> too late too um, late yeah now i I know we, we uh, I, I, uh, this tangent was great, but we have one more com- the, the, the comic that's actually out right now from Colin we haven't we haven't brought up yet. Um, but it's and, and, and it's also uh, very good. We got Mad Cave's Legacy of Violence. Uh, which number one has just dropped coming out strong just out of the gate with that with that muty art like oh my god andre's andre's art is, is so like he he uh in a review of his i wrote for um a, a while back he i said he he has horror like dripping out of his fingertips and <laughs> and he really liked that and and uh but it's true and like i love his the watercolors and the way he does blood and just the way he draws characters and another like sally emotes them very well like very expression uh you know and uh, easy like you can pick up their expressions like really easily and this is like really spooky and cerebral and it serial fucks. killery yeah <laughs> it's like it's, it's got a lot of moving parts and and again yeah. we so we got to read the second issue too but even after the se- the end of the second issue oh my god with the car and the skin oh my god anyways but like this is a, this is intense and like that's the only thing i like how how are you feeling after after the first issue like the reviews have dropped and people are kind of talking about it or are you are you feeling good about it i don't know what people say i don't i don't i don't read or look for reviews typically so if if someone sends me one or tags me in it i'm i'm I'm, i may notice it but i i mean so i don't i don't chase the reviews like i used to okay uh, because that way lies madness um (laughs) But I mean, I'm I'm happy with it. It's a it's it's a different kind of book for me. It is a horror book, like you said. It is intense. It is not a book that I would say is for everyone. It's uh it's it's a dark it's a dark horror ride. Uh, it's interesting for me because typically I like supernatural horror. That's what I like. I like the, I like the super supernatural, and uh, a legacy of violence doesn't have that. It's it's not a supernatural book. It is very surreal and it is very weird but it is it's it's there's no supernatural forces in this story it's it's really about uh the awfulness of people and uh that you know and it's a 12 issue series so that's a it was a challenge i was like okay how am i going to do 12 issues and not have a monster you know (laughs) not have some magic in it uh, so it, it, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to do the book is because it was going to be such a sort of weird challenge for me. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, I, it, I really I agree. It. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked it. I like the mystery that you're building up because even after two issues, uh, we're still not a hundred percent sure where it's going. Uh, and and uh, one of the things that I definitely want to be known for myself is the horror splash page. I'm a huge believer in the horror splash page and what you guys did with uh, what Blake was referring to earlier. Uh, that's that's uh, that's an all timer right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'm not a splash page guy typically. I mean, I'm not. I, I, I'm. I worry that they're overused, so I don't use yeah. them very often. But that was why I was like, okay, this has got to be the. You know, <laughs> This is a uh-huh. big reveal or whatever. So, well, you, you lose a lot of storytelling with, especially with a double splash. But even a singular yeah. splash, like you, you know, in these, these issues, you have twenty two, you have twenty two pages to like right. to hit the ground running, 
and build a self-contained arc that is also on a bigger arc that also makes readers want to get issue two, issue three, issue four. So there, there's so many things you got to do in an issue. And so, yeah, to like sacrifice a page, you have to like really commit to it. But yeah, everybody should put this on your pull list just for December when spooky season's trailing off. It's starting to snow. You're ready for Christmas. Colin is ready to scare the shit out of you with the <laughs> second Christmas, issue of Legacy Christmas of Violence. is the second issue of Legacy of Violence. <laughs> <laughs> which is not it's like a lump of bloody coal in your stocking <laughs> but yeah it's i i love I, it's very like cerebral and and again like you know keeps you keeps you guessing again again just to like remind you that how awesome of a writer you are like that that is another deal that's very tricky to do where you're withholding so much information and then through through structure and 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 scene layout scene progression you know you give us enough information to like keep us interested and, and then to buy the following issue um but then just to you know it, it's a it's a very it's a very hard game uh to play i i feel like uh and and you're doing that extraordinarily well in in a legacy of violence and i absolutely love mad cave like they're awesome people uh i hear they're great to work for and um yeah you got a great team on that one arts arts great first two issues are great is, is this going to be like a, a four or six mini like i i couldn't it's, it's 12 issues yes oh um, you're gonna fuck with us for a whole year oh yeah, yes it's, and in it <laughs> that the scene you mentioned in issue two is just like the tip of the iceberg <laughs> where this thing goes so it's uh you know it yeah it's 12 issues of of awfulness of awful things happening <laughs> to like good people well supposedly good people though but the, these are like the the doctors without borders like they the, yeah. the, these are the, these the bad things that are happening around these are these like seemingly genuinely good people that also are escaping something we kind of get that yeah these are not i mean this is you know let's call it a slasher slasher slasher-esque book these are not typical slasher victims who are you know the Mm -hmm. people that are like they deserve it a little bit you know they (laughs) are these are decent people that these aren't the meth heads from Pumpkinhead ashes to ashes (laughs) that that chick's fucking laugh i have never wanted someone to die in a horror movie so badly before in my life i anyways the We've moved on from from the it, sci-fi original Pumpkinhead, but I really it, it's a horror. To me, it's multiplied a little bit, and it's not necessarily fair because these people don't do anything wrong. There is no, <laughs> this is not a moment of them doing something wrong. There are people who have done wrong things in the book, but the the main cast are not bad people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm re- Derek, Derek mentioned. So like when I, when, when I, we got the review copies and, and I you know g- gave them to these guys to, to prep for the interview, Derek, Derek mentioned, he was like, he was like, I just read legacy of violence. And he was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for it. And so I was like, I was like, I love that though. Like I, I hate it. Cause that's what a reader's mind does that. Especially when all of us, we read a lot of comics, we read a lot of stories. We watch a lot of movies and stuff like you're, you guess, you know, as you're reading, you're, you're like, Ooh, I wonder if this is going to happen. I wonder if this is going to happen. Sometimes it's really easy to tell. Right. And I love, I love being kept in the dark and the intrigue that builds from that. Right. And, and to just like, you know, how thirsty you become for the, the little nuggets that you leave us, you know, the breadcrumbs to follow. And, well, and so that's, that's being done real well here. My hope is that that's the way people will feel up until the end of the 12th issue. I think it's, it's got, there's a lot of twists and turns ahead. That's exciting, man. I'm, uh, I'm, 
I'm just super, uh, all of your stuff, like your Aftershock work um, has just been like phenomenal. Uh, Dark Ark was one of my favorite things. Like, again, you know, the, the Catholic schoolboy and the, the evil, the evil Ark, you know, combating against like Noah and the, and the, the you know, just these, uh, a story that like I wouldn't have the balls to handle, right? Just because like the internet scares me sometimes. Um, you know, no one's ever given me any trouble for Dark Ark. That's really, I've, I've always been uh, surprised. In fact, there were a couple of uh, theology professors who, like, we discuss Dark Ark in our <laughs> classroom now. Whoa. Uh, no, no one has ever, like, and I expected some people to give me a lot of trouble for Dark mm-hmm. Ark, but no one has. So. Yeah, if you're touching the Bible, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's shaky, shaky turf. Even though it yeah, is public it's domain, it it's been around long enough where, like, I mean, everybody else changes it. Oh, wait, the own. one that uh, wrote it died? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> I also always, I thought it was cool that with Aftershock, like, you got you got your own omnibus. Like, not just an omnibus for a series, but, like, a Cullen Bunn collection yeah. omnibus, which I thought, was, like, not many creators have gotten that, uh, yeah, I don't feel it's like. A, it's an interesting book because, yeah, it's a collection of all the stuff I'd done for aftershock uh and and i it's kind of fun to have and so i'm gonna chase that with other publishers too. <laughs> let's, let's all all of you do this let's all <laughs> the right. cullen bun omnibus editions of like right. from, from from dynamite and boom <laughs> right i'd, I'd buy them bun omnibuses then you can make a sandwich two buns <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I, I think I think I'm absolved of my multiplicity thing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're in the clear. You're in the clear on multiplicity. Oh my god! Um, well, I, I Colin, I've kept you almost two hours, man. This is so awesome. Like, you're hilarious and and so talented. And again, like, thank you for agreeing to this and making. I'll, I'll actually, all all three of you, like, thank you for agreeing to this and making my my fiftieth episode something special uh it was uh, i'm really glad that we get got all got to talk um you know i want to i, I want to put it to the pumpkin council real quick like anything anything you guys want to add or or ask or 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 anything um you know like anything else you guys want to throw into the the cesspool that we've already added to <laughs> well I'm, I'm not gonna happy 50th by the way i'm, I'm not gonna eat up uh, another two hours asking colin all the questions that i want to pick his brain on <laughs> i'll, I'll leave it there yeah have me back and we'll we'll do more questions i just, I just want to say I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the sixth gun just wanted to say thank that you. thank you yeah yeah, there there wouldn't be a swamp dogs without a six gun. I yeah, love the six so, gun. Uh, that's that's very nice to hear. It's humbling, and I appreciate it. it yeah, that, that's a that's a special that's a special book that um, I have the I have the soft cover set, and they're so I've I so want to upgrade to those like library editions they have. They're so gorgeous, <clears throat> um, and and also like um, you know just to throw it out there. So like Derek recently, you know they they tell you right when when people ask like how do you get into comics. And people are like, well, you make a comic. And then a whole bunch of other people are like, that's really bad advice. And then a lot of other people, when you think about it, it's like, actually, that's pretty good advice. Like, do it, try it, you know, try. Or if you fail, you try, try again. And Derek actually uh, got together with an indie artist, uh, Nate, and and they put out this comic, uh, What Makes a Man, which is a, a, a solid Western, which, and I can totally see, um, he, I know he loves the Western comics, so I can totally see like, 
his love for six gun like flourishing within those pages and you know they're they're doing it like digitally on um on global comics and then you can also they're they're also doing the amazon print on demand so you can like order them on amazon uh and so i know i know derek loves the loves the western stuff um and so also you know shout out to if you guys should check out that comic you can even read it for free on global comics but if you really want to be like Blake's buzz cool. You fucking go to Amazon and, and order one. You can get it on Prime, uh, and they got some cool variants and stuff now too. I just wanted to make sure we we shouted that out. Uh, I know JM JM with Scout. Uh, we you know Swamp Dogs. I, I think we're all we're all waiting and, and wanting more. I know I know we are all waiting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too soon. I brought it on. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's only been a year since issue one came out and uh, issue four is yet to come out. So, yeah. Yeah. We're we're all waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but we'll, it'll be worth it when it's done. It'll be worth it. Oh, I have and no I'll, doubt. I'll tease those, it that way. Those those three issues that we've gotten so far have, have been great. Um, I just very much. What is it? Um, the, uh, the country country gothic. Is that is that how someone someone described Cullen's? um uh writing as as like as country gothic i saw when i was like googling you and it's very interesting like this or or like or southern gothic maybe um but like you know the 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 idea of like you know uh gothic storytelling and and how it's very like you know uh body horror um you know very uh organic and slimy and gross and like physical and biological kind of um and i see that come out in, in a lot of your storytelling but i also I also see a lot of like very heady cerebral um, stuff from you. And so like, I, I like how you, I like how you refuse to let people put you into a corner. Like no, I like how my teachers or professors ever saw anything even remotely intelligent from me. So thank you. <laughs> You're the first person. You're the first person who liked your writing. That's a lie. Cerebral <laughs> comment. Cerebral. But all right, I'll take it. <laughs> well, guys, real quick. Uh, I know it's Saturday, and and everybody's got lives, and or supposedly. Uh, I don't know. I don't. But I mean, other people do, I guess. But I want. Uh, I want to go around. I just want to make sure everybody knows where to find everybody um and so that you know we can uh you know buy your buy your comics if you got an online store or something to shout out colin let's start with you man where's the best place to follow you on the socials and all that good stuff so you know i'm all over every social and it's pretty much cullen bun on everything i'm most probably active on twitter uh but you can go to my website cullenbun.com i've got a web store there that does a, we do a ton of uh variant covers that you can only get from me for all of my books you'll see or well not all of them but for a lot of my books You'll see variant covers you can only get from me. Um, that's CullenBun.com. I do, and from that, you can also subscribe to my newsletter that I put out every Sunday where I talk about writing and life and what I have going on and what books are coming out. Um, so I'd say any of those places are great places to, to follow me. Are you still doing your Patreon where you, where you also do writing and stuff? Patreon. I have a Patreon on uh, it's Cullen Bun. Uh, I luckily have that name that no one else has. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Patreon's really cool. Uh, he, uh, like almost like, uh, similar to what, uh, you know, like Scott Snyder did those writing classes. Uh, you do, you do a lot of like kind of workshopping exercises and talk about writing in a, in, in like a teaching way, not necessarily, you know, like, so it's kind of cool how he helps the community and strengthens, you know, the storytelling of people that he's never even met before. I think it's awesome that you do that. I think, you know, more people should do it. And, and I hope, you know, I, it, I know people subscribe to your Patreon, so I know that that helps you out too of course um so yeah everybody should check that out uh everybody definitely 
needs to pick up uh, Legacy of Violence number one and go ahead and put it on your poll because that second issue, as we all mentioned, is a fucking banger and you don't want to miss it. Uh, Nightwalkers in January, door to door, night by night in November from Vault. These are comics that you should pre-order and put on your pull list and and really like emphasis on the pre-orders, you motherfuckers. Why won't people pre-order comics? I we scream this. We all scream it from the rooftops and and then go to their shop and they're like, hey, give me this like weird niche indie title. And they're like, I ordered two, and they already picked them up. And then they get online and they're like, this shop sucks, and now it's $15 on eBay. And uh, pre-order your comics, folks. It relieves a lot of headaches and it, and it really helps the creators. Uh, anyways. Off, yeah. off my soapbox. Uh, next up, uh, <laughs> uh, JM, um, where, uh, writer of Swamp Dogs, out right now from Scout. You can get the first three issues. Also some real dope variants that they had made, which I think you can pick up at some places. Also does a newsletter, I believe. Where where, where we find you at, bud? Uh, so social media-wise, you can find me on Twitter at M-R-J-M-B-R-A-N-D-T, Mr. J.M. Brandt. And on Instagram, it's at J.M.B-R-A-N-D-T. Et, uh, or you can find us at Swamp Dogs Comic uh, for Instagram. Uh, but you're going to want to subscribe to the newsletter because there will be Swamp Dogs news eventually, and I will be teasing out some of the other stuff that that we are uh, currently working on and uh, just recently had out because uh, our crew works quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, especially you're, you're going to want to listen for some of my upcoming stuff that's coming out. I wish with Halloween here uh, that I could tease a little bit more. But Steve Wands, our letterer, is uh, heading up a new publisher called Dead Sky Press. And mm-hmm. I will have a splatter Western coming out uh, oh, sometime shit. at the beginning of next year um, that I, I, I want to talk about so bad. And I can't. Uh, we've we've teased out that it's, uh, it takes place at a circus sideshow. Uh, and, and that's everything that I can say right now. Nice. Well, and, you can definitely uh, come back when you're ready. Oh, oh, yeah, I'd love, it, to, I'd love yeah, to have you back again. Any, any day, every day. And <laughs> uh, uh, Colin and I share a, a variant cover artist that it sounds like I may also be working with on a new project that it's a very dark fantasy that I really can't say anything else about, except <laughs> except that it is a body horror dark fantasy uh, and, and it's going to turn uh, turn some tropes on their heads. So... Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hey, I, I I make jokes a lot of times about how aggravating it is to talk to you guys, and, and when and when I ask like, so anything you want to shout out, and it's always like, well, I can't right now, and then two weeks from now you're on someone else's show giving them the fucking exclusive. <laughs> no, I can, but I know, but regardless, no, you you get dibs, Blake. <laughs> when the, the, the the I know my listeners and myself, like even when you can't say as much, like when I'm fans of your storytelling and excited for your comics, it's just nice to know that you guys have stuff up your sleeve and some cards getting ready to you know fall down on the table like i just it gets me excited it gets my audience excited so like even when you can't talk about it you know at least we know um stuff stuff's coming up and stuff's getting ready to happen so i, I think that's awesome and and last but not least mr Derek weifert who i mentioned is uh you know uh, used to do the the wednesday pulls podcast and uh and we intermittently still does wednesday pull stuff on youtube sometimes when he's a dad now so he's got like this little <laughs> creature to take care of now his own little potato head to raise and shit. 
but you know, like he's uh, an indie indie comics champion. And like I mentioned, he's got uh, what makes a man out right now. You can get on Amazon. You can get on Global Comics. He's been cranking out the jam. So like, you want to like, how long we got to wait for issue three? You still you still scripting um, it or is it being drawn? Is it, it ready now? So the way we're doing it is like I just use um fucking that Google shit where I can just type stuff up and then Nate can look at it and I think I'm like like 15 or 16 pages deep and I think it's going to be a little longer than like a regular standard issue because I'm just trying to wrap it up now at this point because I didn't I just wanted to do three issues and I'm, I'm almost done. I've almost got it scripted out, and he's been he's been sending me pages every day. He's fast as fuck. <laughs> I I feel like you guys. I mean, for being your first comic, I know Nate's been doing stuff before, but like, you got it's been an impressive release schedule for just like this is your like first go, and you're just you just decided to do it, and then like thanks because I just I remember when you were on Twitter, and you're like I'm I'm writing this Western comic, and then like it wasn't that long ago where you were like you could buy it on Amazon Prime like print on demand. So yeah, I think that's awesome, and I think a lot of people when they're when they get stressed out about how to break into comics or when they want to try something like they should, they should look at what you did and, and well, know thanks, that buddy. that, that advice of like, just make the comic. It's not bad advice. Okay. It may sound vague and, and sound a little aggravating, but when it comes down to it is like, write that script baby. And, and yeah. show some, you know, and, and try like, like I didn't you know, know what the fuck I was doing. Like I've never <laughs> written a script before. I could barely finish an essay in school, but it's like, <laughs> if you have a fucking idea, just do it. I, I don't, I, that's all you can say. Just put the pen, pen down, open up your computer. And like, that's the hardest thing for me, especially now that I have a baby because on the weekends, my wife's at work. So it's just me. So usually when she naps, it's like, okay, I got like an hour. So I'm going to go and I'm going to get all these <laughs> thoughts out and I'm going to fucking crank it out. So, yeah. <laughs> well, keep, 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 keep doing it, man. Like, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, listeners, everybody who's listening again, happy Halloween. Uh, I, you know, eat a bunch of candy, you know, check, check your candy first. Cause you never know who might slip a gummy in there. And, uh, cause that supposedly happens all the time. People just give free drugs to kids. Like, why don't they give them to me? I don't know. They give them to kids. It's not fair, but life's not fair. Anyways, regardless, it's the spooky season. I hope everybody had a great time listening. I had a great time talking. Colin, this was so cool. I'm so excited for your, your future stuff and, and, and JM and, and Derek, like I'm excited for these, these new, uh, splatter Western by the way is a great like i didn't know that was like a, a an itch i needed to scratch but yeah, i need more of that fun <laughs> so guys uh, again like this was so fun this was so awesome everybody follow these guys on the socials uh subscribe to to patreons if they got them subscribe to newsletters and definitely like dive into their backlog because all of these guys have great comics to read cullen has a mountain of them to climb but it, it it's worth it like so much great stuff uh even though he says some of it isn't the best but i haven't i haven't read anything by him that i was like man i don't know but i don't <laughs> that's that's just me though um guys any like if 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 uh if any no one has anything else to shout out I'm, we're gonna we we can wrap it up and, and be done and or uh unless anyone's got anything left in yeah, the just, oven just congratulations on your 50th episode and uh thanks for having me I'm, i appreciate it man uh i think thanks for coming and thanks for offering your time love more hate less read comics babies blake's buzz episode 50 happy halloween we're gonna be here for 50 more i don't know how to shut up that's all i gotta say thank you so much everybody <laughs> blake 
Blake, you're my hero. Buzz, buzz, babies. I've got a big buzzing announcement for you. There's now a Blake's Buzz Patreon. If you love the show, the live streams, the reviews, then you can help support it. For just three bucks a month, you can help me chase a fucking dream. If you want to pay a little extra, I've got some dope content you can be a part of as well. At $4 a month, you'll have access to my upcoming newsletter, The Hive Mind. I'm going to talk comics, podcasting, food, dogs, and some cool behind-the-scenes action for Blake's Buzz. For $5 a month, you'll gain access to an exclusive Patreon podcast, The Honeypot, The Sweet Spot, for nerd news. It'll drop twice a month. I'll be talking about new indies worth pre-ordering, live Kickstarters worth backing, and sexy collected editions to keep your shelf selfies looking spicy. I've already got a handful of subscribers, and I can't thank you all enough for being so incredibly generous and awesome. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Buzz Stack. Sometimes when I love a comic so goddamn much, I gotta write about its awesomeness, and it's free. You can head over to blakesbuzz.com to check it out right now. While you're out there absorbing all my awesome content, you might as well head over to the Blake's Buzz YouTube channel and subscribe. I do live shows almost every week, and it's a great place to find indie comics to enjoy. Finally, make sure to follow me. There's the Blake's Buzz page on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at at Blake's Buzz. Whether you subscribe to the Patreon, the YouTube channel, or just listen to the podcast sometimes, none of this would be possible without all of you awesome people. So remember, love more, hate less, and read comics. I'll see you on the internets, baby.